welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And guys, what a hell of a series. G, you're already getting into it. But before we, we talk about game six of the NBA finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... Uh, my name is Daniel Huen. I uh, just want to congratulate <clears throat> uh, Dylan uh, for for and his and his fellow Milwaukee Bucks fans. Um, I was wrong, and you know what, guys? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Look, there are times in life that we are all wrong, and this happened to be one of those times for me. So I'm gonna eat crow tonight. And joining me as well. Oh, I'm going to sound crazy because I was saying Suns and seven, but Bucks is six, baby. Giannis, <laughs> the Greek freak, has shown up 50 points. We'll get into it later, but you already know who it is. It's your boy, Really Ren, Jarell Sims. Wow. 50 points, Giannis, straight up, wow. And just give me your rawest reactions to game six because for me, I'm I'm beside myself. I didn't think that this would happen to Giannis at only 26, everything that he's gotten, he's only 26. People tend to forget that. Hell, I even forgot that he was only 26 when all of this happened. And now just, wow, what a series. What a series. And especially for Giannis too. But what do you guys think of the series, game six as a whole, whatever have you? What do you guys think? For a closeout game, this was a wonderful game. Uh, it was it was intense and well-balanced in all aspects. Uh, I legitimately thought that Phoenix was going to win this game. They all they had to do was show up in the fourth quarter, but they didn't. But that this is not about Phoenix. Um, this is about this is about this Milwaukee Bucks team. Congratulations to them once again. They deserve, you know, they have they have finally gained my respect. They are a resilient group of guys. They have been down like two zero and 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 I believe in three series this far this postseason. So the fact they did it again for the third time this this playoffs. Is a, is a testament to them. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, I can't help but just be happy for him. Look, my, Coach B, he's not my favorite coach in the world. Um, but for for this for this moment, I'm happy. A guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo is an NBA champion, a guy that works so hard. A decent guy like him deserves every, every bit to win an NBA championship, and it happened tonight. Absolutely yeah. agree with Daniel, man. What what was James Harden saying? I wish I could be seven foot, just <laughs> run down the court and duck. Well, guess what, James Harden? You ain't got no ring. It'll be the thing if you ain't got a ring. Y'all just got one of them bad boys, two MVPs, and a defensive player of the year. He deserved it, much to what Daniel said. Um, and I'm just happy to see that uh, Chris Middleton finally is blossoming into what he's supposed to be um, and realizing that he is a NBA player. So stop being in the shadow, but still be an amazing uh Number two option, but number one option when needed. So awesome uh, game six, much to what Daniel said. Uh, not going to keep repeating, but yeah, Giannis deserved it. Giannis deserved it. Chris Middleton deserved it. I think I'm also going to eat crow by saying that Chris Middleton is a discount Paul George. No, he's actually a better player than than Paul George, I'm going to say right now, because he stepped up when needed. Okay. Yep. As... You sound, you look so shocked, but it's true. The dude stepped up when needed. Malika Andrews even alluded to it in the uh, postgame, right? She said, when the team needed you, you stepped up. So shout out to Chris Middleton. But most importantly, G, you mentioned Giannis. He has, I'm going to list off the things he has so far, right? 
He has two MVPs. He's a five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, most improved player. Most improved player of. He won MIP. He's a Defensive Player of the Year award. He's an NBA NBA champion, and he's a he's a Finals MVP. And he's only twenty-six. And because of all of that, he is one of three players to win MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Finals MVP, joining Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon. So. I know this is. I know we're we're still talking about the NBA Finals and the series as a whole. But is it fair to say that if Giannis retires right now, he is a Hall of Famer? Because I think if he retires right now, no doubt he's a Hall of Famer at 26. I absolutely agree. Um, first off, we've never seen a superstar like Giannis before. He's not. I mean, he he kind of fills that Shaq role, but he's not quite like Shaq. Um, he. Like he at times he kind of looks like a like a a typical guard, but he doesn't he doesn't up he's not quite like that at all. He's an athletic freak, despite uh, it's you can argue that you know coming into the league that he was skinny as hell. I mean, like he he is just Giannis Antetokounmpo is is a beast that we have not seen in this league before in the history of the in the history of the game of basketball. Um, he's he's the def he's definitely honestly. When you think of some of the great players in the last 15, 25 years, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, there, there was always a player you could compare him to. I'm going to be honest. Giannis Antetokounmpo, there's, you can't really, you can make light connections and comparisons, but like, there's not really like anyone he kind of resembles. So for uniqueness and all, alone and impact on team and what he's brought to the game of basketball at such a young age so far, if he retired suddenly today, Yes, he is a Hall of Famer because we've never seen anything like it. Fair enough. G, as the Giannis fan? Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's a Hall of Famer. You look at players like Chris Webber, who've only gotten five uh, All-NBA selections, and he's potentially a Hall of Famer, right? But to tackle on the MVPs and the final uh, final MVPs and a championship, undoubtedly he's a, he's a Hall of Famer right now, today. Um, and I, I, could, I can see the comparison of Giannis and Shaq. He's a, Giannis is a modern... Shaq, you know, you have to be a guard, like you have to handle the ball a little bit. And he's just one of the most dominant players in the NBA. So that's my comparison for him. He's a Shaq with, with a handle and a little Euro, a little freakiness. And and I kind of want to add something. He, he did it in a time where super teams were like, you know, were like, honestly, still kind of are the norm. Um, You, and he, he did it in a small market like Milwaukee. I mean, Chris Middleton, like, yeah, he's a great player. He's not a superstar. So he's like, no Kyrie. He, he's no Kyrie. He he's, he doesn't. He's not. You know, Chris Middleton's not the best of all Robins. So, like, to do it with that, you know, with that type of situation around him gives him gives to me it, like even more props than he's getting right now. Because That's some respect it, on Chris Middleton's name. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I know we fall in love with offense, but we got to see that Chris Middleton also brings it on a defensive end. Um, and to sit here and say, like, you know, he's not the best of all Robins. Chris Middleton is an all-star in this league, and he put, and he bumped his game up in the playoffs. He was averaging, what, 19, 20 points in the regular season in to the 24, 24-6-5 in the finals. Yeah. And really quickly, you guys were talking about Giannis being Shaq. Well, Giannis joined Shaq as the only players with multiple 40-point, 10-rebound games in the finals since 2000. And Giannis is the only player 
since 1993 to score 20 points in a finals quarter. Can you guys guess who the last person to do it was? 1993. 1993? Yeah. Michael Jordan. Jordan? Do you know against who? The Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns. So, wow. So history repeats itself in some very weird ways, but... You kind know, of you a got, cruel way. Yeah. Feel bad for anyone who's a, who's a Phoenix Suns fan for the last 20-some-odd years. 28 years, I think. Whatever, whatever the case may be. But I don't know any Phoenix Suns fans in real life. <laughs> I mean, we're in L.A. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you guys are talking about Shaq and, you know, Middleton. I was thinking, because we've had this conversation before about how we thought that Aiton and Booker might be the next coming of Shaq and Kobe. What if we're already watching it and we just never paid attention to it? Giannis and Chris Middleton as potentially the next Shaq and Kobe duo. Because Giannis plays like Shaq. He averaged 35, 13, and 5 in the finals, right? That's Those are Shaq-like numbers. He put up 50, 14, and 5 blocks in Game 6. He's the only player in NBA history with that stat line in the finals, right? He, he did things Shaq didn't even do. And, you know, Chris Middleton, 24, 6, and 5 in the finals is nothing to scoff at either. He shot 49% from the field. So is it, is it fair to say that we're seeing the second coming of Kobe and Shaq just in Milwaukee as much of a, I don't know, as a blasphemous statement as that may be? Because I, uh, I kind of think so. There's shades of it, but it's not fully there. I mean, I see where you come in, Jared. I'm going to have to disagree a little bit. Um, I will definitely say they, like Aiton and Booker, they're of the same cloth. They're, they're, you know, they're the same type of duo we saw with Kobe and Shaq. Um, Kobe and Shaq will always be the, you know, the, the signature duo of the, the flashy guard and the dominant big man. That's what we were getting with Chris Middleton and um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's what we're seeing like here right now. They're of the same ilk, but I wouldn't say they're, they're, they're two completely different duos in my opinion. Okay. At least in terms of dominance, though, can you kind of see it? Yeah, I can definitely see it. I could definitely see it. They they kind of they kind of they kind of bring back callbacks to those to those early two thousands Lakers teams. Okay, G, go ahead. I, I mean, I see the flashes with the stats. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. But to sit here and say like, oh yeah, they're the next Lakers. Nah, can't give it to them. Lakers three peated. You know. I don't think that that Bucks team is built like that. Kobe was on a rise of averaging 30 points a game. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So, and he was a staple on the offensive and defensive end. So I can see flashes. I'm not going to say they're completely different. Of course, Giannis and Chris Middleton aren't Kobe and Shaq. Both were MVPs. And Kobe should have had more MVPs in his, his career. So I wouldn't say that. But flashes is there, especially when we look at this stat line for sure. Fair enough. And you know what? We were talking about the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, Hall of Famers, and we're talking about flashes. And Daniel, last podcast, you talked about how Chris Paul needed to step up because it seemed like he was kind of, he stepped up at points when it was kind of too late. How did you like his his play tonight? Because he got 26 points, five assists, and he, you know, he essentially carried this Phoenix Suns team for stretches because Booker, Devin Booker, just didn't have it going. He was just, there were just some parts of the game where it seemed like, the pressure was getting to him and he was focusing more on complaining to the refs than what was actually going on in the game. Uh, Chris Paul absolutely played uh, much better tonight. Um, it wasn't perfect. Um, he played, he, he played well in the first three quarters. 
what Phoenix's biggest problem and ultimate uh, killer tonight was that the game was going perfect for them. All right. They, I mean, Milwaukee won the first quarter. They come back and blew them out in the second quarter. Okay, that's fine. Milwaukee's going to come back third quarter. The game's going to tighten up. It's obvious. All they had, all this Phoenix Sun team had to do was just show up in the fourth quarter and they completely bombed. They, no one was making shots for the Phoenix Suns in the fourth quarter. Everyone, including Chris Paul himself, completely disappeared. And for that, yes, this loss is kind of, in my opinion, partly on Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul as the veteran and leader of this team to get this team, you know, revved up for the fourth quarter because fourth quarter is always crunch time. And it was definitely tonight. And Chris Paul, unfortunately, as in the last previous two games, has failed to appear again. So um, it, it was to, all in that fourth quarter. To be fair, though, to Chris Paul, and not to call you out like this, but Chris Paul did have nine points, one, three or four, uh, three or four from the field, three or four from the line. And, you know, he did his part. He tried his best. He had 13 in the second half, but, you know, he, again, he Still tried. Us. Yeah. Uh, he he did, but I mean, gee, if you want to have, if you have anything to, to say about Chris Paul, the Phoenix Suns, whatever have you, because they tried, but they just could not do it. Yeah, okay. I think I think their age kind of caught up with them. The experience really played Absolutely. a factor, um, and I think the biggest thing here is what Daniel is, is is trying to mention. I think is that we saw moments where Chris Paul looked like. The point guard in the in the mm-hmm. previous uh, yes. two series where he would go off for 40 points 38 points whatever the case may be and that just wasn't here tonight and that's what was really needed in this closeout game because we can't put all of that on Devin Booker's shoulders because we know if he ain't scoring he's snoring that means he's <laughs> sleeping he ain't doing nothing on the on any in and impacting any other aspect of the game speeding suns just were hitting shots uh their edge was gone and i think what what really beat them is the complaining you know ayton wasn't being forceful you know crying about cause Devin booker all of a sudden crying about cause and drew holiday is like a silent silent killer he's all up in their grill De- Devin booker chris paul making it very tough for them and then we have Giannis over here smiling and dunking on you it just hurts it just hurts that pride of yours and i just think that the bucks really crushed them they won four games in a row so the sun spirit was out, especially last game. So, yeah, that's what I have to say about the Suns. I don't know if they're going to be able to bounce back. I'm not going to think about too much in, into the future, but it's just with all the players coming back from injury, I don't see the Suns reaching this pinnacle again, or reaching yeah, reaching their yeah, reaching this pinnacle. Yeah, this is this is the peak. This yeah. is essentially their peak. Like we had this, we've always had this conversation about you know the Bucks, what their ceiling is. And we already know what their ceiling is, obviously, because they won the championship. But with the with the Suns, it's a lot easier to say that this is their ceiling. Reaching the finals, potentially reaching it again, but then losing. Because there's just something missing, right? We thought it was Chris Paul. It wasn't. And you talked about Devin Booker. If he's not scoring, he's not really doing anything else. He had six turnovers and four fouls, and his minus 15 on the Suns was second worst, only behind Mikael Bridges' minus 18. So when he was on the court, basically the, the Bucks outscored the Phoenix Suns by 15. So, I mean, what can you do, right? Like, he is your quote-unquote best player moving forward. So, yeah, it's, it's just a, a thing. But you were about to say something, Drew? 
Yeah, I was just gonna say, I, I, I still believe that this is great for the organization of the Phoenix Suns. This is gonna bring in more players because they see how they play. They have a great coach, Imani Williams. So, and I believe they have a little flexibility with the salary cap, especially if Chris Paul doesn't opt into his uh, player options. So with that being said, Mikhail Bridges is still young. He's what, 22, 23, DeAndre Ayton yeah. is the same. So they develop a little bit, maybe not be in the next couple of years or so, but I think, like I said, this is their pinnacle, but they, they're not going to be bad. They're still going to be a, a, a top five seed in the West, I believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, about the Suns, I will say this. I'm not sure if this – I still can foresee them winning a championship in the next four years, but it's going to take a while for them to ever get back to the finals. I think with the, all the players, like you said, G, with the, all the players coming back, I just, I just don't – see the Suns returning to the finals for another couple seasons. Like I said before, I just think with teams like Denver, um, I think Denver is the best young squad around. So I think if anything, Denver makes it to the finals before Phoenix ever does again. Um, but um, I think Phoenix is still incredibly young. Devin Booker, DeAndre and, you know, Mikel Bridges. Um, I think they're going to, I think even though they may not return for a little while, I think there's, there's still going to have a little bit more time. Yeah, a lot they, of time. They just yeah, can't behave like the Heat did yeah, this season. Absolutely. Well, go ahead, Jared. My bad. Cut you off. No, I mean, the interesting point is, if even if they don't make it for the next four years, they're totally fine because Devin Booker's 24, Aiton's 22, Mikel Bridges is 24, Cam Johnson's 25, Javon Carter's 25, if you want to include him too. Campaign, <laughs> is, campaign <laughs> is 26. The only person you really need to kind of pay attention to is Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, but Jay Crowder is locked in for another three years. Chris Paul has a $44 million player option, which people have said, even though he's 36 and conventional wisdom would think that he would accept a $44 million contract at 36. There have been rumors going around that he's not going to accept it. So they're going to have 44 million extra for, for whatever they they can potentially get and they could probably get someone good from the free agency market who that is we don't know maybe they might use whatever chris paul is gonna get next year for maybe two or three or four players if they play their cards right who knows right yeah i just just want to say i i know it's a little too early it's the the emotions are too fresh but i'll say this right now i don't think chris paul is coming back i just think this finals this this playoff series might have left could have left a, a a bad taste in his mouth, and I think that that championship scent might grow a little stronger in the next in the final two three years of his career. I'm not saying he's going to win one before he retires, but um, there's going to be an urge, a little bit of a stronger urge for Chris Paul to make a last hurrah for for that you know that ring that he's missing from his resume. Um, yeah, fair enough. Like really quickly on Chris Paul though, I I think I saw somewhere on Twitter or Instagram or something like that that. He has given up seven o two leads, which is the which is the most in NBA history. The second next player is Blake Griffin with six. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds, right? What are the odds? Uh, Maybe they need to play in Brooklyn. Who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah. But go ahead. You look like you're about to say something. Uh, I see Daniel's point. Uh, I feel like it's either going to go one or two ways. Chris Paul opts out, and 
stays with the Suns because he likes the culture. He likes Monty Williams and Devin Booker, and he's able to bring in – he has pool. He might be able to bring Melo over there to the Suns. You never know. Uh, and just some other players' pieces. Or he chases the ring and he comes to L.A. Now, you guys are probably thinking Lakers, but he might go back to the Clippers. You never know. Ooh. So Chris Paul has Aww. a lot of options. He could, he could go to the Clippers, Celtics, Nets, the 76ers. Chris Paul has options. He'll fit anywhere, I think. Yeah, maybe even the Heat if they want if they try hard enough, right? It's gonna be yeah. a weird it's gonna be a weird off season for everyone, but one thing's for sure, it's not gonna be weird for the Milwaukee Bucks because after however many years, fifty something years since their last Chris time, Paul might go to the Bucks. Oh, <laughs> Wasn't that one of the things that we were talking about before the season started? Like potential him potentially going to like an Eastern Conference team. I forgot which team it was, but like I remember us we were we were having this discussion prior to the season that he should go to, like, Milwaukee or something like that. There was, like, rumors going around, right? Yeah. And we were, like, we are doing, like, trade machine talks and, like, okay, if they trade XYZ player and then Dante DiVincenzo and the picks to get Chris Paul, and then you're, like, no, that's a dumb trade. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, we, we've at first we made fun of the Drew Holiday trade, but what do you guys feel about the Drew Holiday trade now? Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. And I feel like this would be a great time to bring up that, you know what, it worked for them, even though he he wasn't the statistical monster that people expected him to be. He fulfilled his role, and that's all they needed. He was he was Eric Bledsoe, but ten times better. So he wasn't Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> just uh, just trying to show the comparison between the two. I I think I mean Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday definitely played his role tonight. He has played his role in this final series, even though I have had my shared my 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 criticisms criticisms of him. Um, controversially, you know, Terrell pointed out a couple episodes, but I, overall, I just want to say everything about this Bucks organization the last year or two has been justified tonight. Giannis signing that contract, um, preventing from FM, uh, preventing him from testing out the free agent market to this Drew Holiday trade. Um, this was this was just you know validation at this point that Giannis ultimately made the right decision, and it's crazy how a year ago that we were a lot of us, including me, were kind of grilling him on the spot for not testing out the free agent um, waters, but he proved us wrong, and he and the Bucks organization as a whole proved us proved us wrong. So the Bucks, this is their day, and night, and week, and month, and off season. But gee, what was that? What was that saying that you always referred Damian Lillard as? Loyal to the soil? Loyal to the soil. Yes, sir. Here we go. We have a perfect Giannis. example in Giannis. Exactly. He brought it home. He didn't need to have a decision or leave like uh, LeBron James. He, he did it. Loyal to the soil. He's probably going to retire a buck as well. All his brothers are going to be there once Alex, not Alex, Kostis learns how to play because he just went back to Greece. Thank the Lord. But <laughs> Uh, yeah, Drew Holiday, exactly what they needed. And I know in the pre previous couple episodes ago, I said that that wasn't the end-all, be-all, and I'm going to still preach it to this day. If the Bucks want to continue to be a staple in the championship discussion, they're still going to need that that one or two guard that's able to uh, shot create, maybe Dante 
D. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. Vincenzo. Maybe he, yeah, him. Maybe he can be that guy. He develops into that guy. But for sure, for this season, with all the circumstances that occurred, uh, Drew Holiday was a perfect fit. Although he shot four for 19 <laughs> this uh, closeout game, he still had, what, almost a triple-double. Uh, had, like, 11 boards, nine assists, and four steals, along with, like, 12 points. Uh, stack check for me, Jared. Make sure I'm on point yep. with that. Yes, 12 sir. points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds, 4 steals. He was a plus 12. Did his job throughout the entire playoffs, Daniel. The entire playoffs. And Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. But you guys talk about it, and for whatever reason, fans, whenever they – think of like these championships right like they always have to put like some asterisk like in 2015 the Warriors championship has an asterisk because Kevin Love and Kyrie got hurt in 2019 2019 the Toronto Raptors has an asterisk because Clay went down KD went down DeMarcus Cousins wasn't 100% whatever have you last year obviously we know the Mickey Mouse bubble this year, people are probably going to say, the haters, the casuals are going to say, oh, it's probably going to be an asterisk championship because everyone was hurt on, you know, for, for the Bucks to get to the finals and beyond. So really quick, really simple question. Is there an asterisk to this championship? I say no. Uh, I'm going to lean in and say no. I mean, at the end of the day, competition is competition and competition is never fair. There's always going to be everyone, everyone who ever wins the championship always gets lucky on the road. I mean, the Lakers in 2002, I mean, of course. That was that's kind of a terrible example. But but that's the point. Everyone gets lucky at the end. And in 20 in 2016, you know, Draymond decided to kick someone in the balls. So, I mean, circumstances happen. Circumstances happen and oftentimes we as humans don't have any control of it. So, it at the end of the day, there as the uh, the whole asterisk argument doesn't really fit with me. It it never has. Fair enough, Jim. I agree with Daniel. A championship is a championship. They're in the NBA. They're playing against NBA players. Uh, availability is an ability, and unfortunately, this season a lot of people weren't able. So I mean, it happens. Injuries are a part of the game, and you can't take away from all the hard work that these athletes put in. And the Bucks came out victorious. So. They're a champion. They're going to go down in history as champions. And guess what? Giannis is looking more and more like one of the best players to ever grace the hardwood floor. I mean, chances are he already is. But one last thing here before we uh, head on over to the quick hitters. Actually, no, two more very quick things. So Giannis, Thanasis, Kostas. And I'm pretty sure if Alex ends up being the player that Giannis thinks he's going to be, Alex and Tedekumpo would probably win a ring too. So does that make this the Antetokounmpo brothers the first trio or foursome of brothers to win a championship I'm obviously you know predicting that Alex will win but really quickly yes or no would this be the first time that three or four brothers won a championship probably yes. I think so probably yes um they're gonna you know the Antetokounmpo's are gonna go down as one of the more you know greater basketball families in in the history of the game there yeah, there's already three champions, so they, they've already hit the mark. Uh, and if Alex makes it to the NBA, that's they, they're one of the most successful families, and they deserve it uh, with all that they've been through. So just to be in the NBA, uh, I know this is LeVar Ball's pipe dream, so they have already done it. <laughs> if, 
if what Giannis says is true about Alex being as tall as him, as strong as him, and with a shot, who knows? But last thing here before we move on to the very, very brief quick hitters. Final thoughts on the series and as a whole, the NBA season. Very, very quick thoughts. I'll, I'll start. This season started out in hell, but it ended up being heavenly because we saw someone who really, really deserved it in Giannis Antetokounmpo. He won the championship. He was loyal. He showed that good good guys can still finish first. Um, this season, this regular season was not the most fun. Um, with the lack of crowds, the, the players getting hurt, sometimes the, I thought the TV product was just, you know, at times – I won't, I won't lie. It was horrible. I just, there was moments I wanted the season to end, but the playoffs made up for it. Um, and for the, you know, the hell we paid, um, we got off to a, you know, a very sweet ending, a very heart wrenching ending. So those are my thoughts on the ser- series and the season in general. Yeah. Aside from the Karens and the fans throwing popcorn and water bottles. Yeah. This season has been amazing in my in my opinion. It's been a roller coaster, but it's been a reality show. We have Kyrie saging, uh, James Harden eating barbecue ribs and strip clubs and whatnot. There was a lot of drama this season. I know there was a lot of injury, but I'm so happy the NBA is back and we still have more basketball to come with uh, Team USA. Woo, let's pray for them. But uh, yeah, I, I think this was an amazing season, although it, it sucks about the injuries. Um, and I think this playoffs was a good run too. Uh, it was unpredictable. And we always, as fans, want to uh, bash the NBA for being predictable, but this was unpredictable uh, playoffs for sure. So enjoyed the product. Yeah, absolutely. Excited for next year. Absolutely. One thing here, take that, haters. Like, you guys said that this would be a really bad NBA Finals. It was the opposite. It was fantastic. So take that, haters. But, gee, you talk about amazing things. Well, I know we're a, bo- we're a basketball pod, but really quick baseball news. An all-female crew is currently, or did, uh, did they did broadcast for the Baltimore Orioles and Tampa Bay Rays game tonight. So shout out to them. It's the first time they ever had an all-female crew. Shout out to them for breaking barriers because baseball has been notoriously difficult for anyone else except for, you know, a certain subsection of people to kind of break into. So shout out to them. And even though we didn't really enjoy uh, Space Jam and Daniel, I know we would uh, we would talk about you know Space Jam from last pod. Were you able to watch the original Space Jam? Uh, not yet, but by the end of this week, I have made it a goal. I'll finish watching both movies. Okay. Yes. Well, well, I mean, you have a lot of time now because basketball is over. But yeah, no Space Jam, a new legacy. Even though I didn't personally enjoy it because I'm not five, uh, it smashed at the. Uh, at the box office because it brought in $31.7 million. Thank you, Daniel, for writing this down, despite a 44% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So even when uh, LeBron loses, he wins. And uh, apparently it's the best, it's the fifth best opening movie opening this year. So who beans Beijing making money, even though nobody really likes it. But yeah. apart from that, Apart from that, make sure to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter, at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram, and at The Shooting Bricks Podcast on YouTube for all the news and the video of this episode of The Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jared Castillo. Bucks in six. Bucks in six. 
congratulations, Giannis. Congratulations, Dylan. Congratulations to this whole Milwaukee Bucks fan base. You are champions. And joining me as well. Champions for sure. Shout out to Giannis. He's well-deserved, well-deserved. He's going to have a 99 2K rating next year for sure. But uh, it's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sells, and y'all tap into this episode. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Leave a review. Leave a review. Wow. Leave a review and, you know, shout out to Dylan and, you know, shout out to everyone who stuck with us this entire basketball season because it's been a hectic one, but we appreciate everyone that's been able to hop on, everyone that joined us along this ride. And with that, we will see you guys next time.